Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Filter Watch, Small Media's monthly podcast on Iranian internet policy. I'm Kyle Bowen. The recently implemented nuclear deal brought an end to the UN sanctions against Iran, but many US sanctions against the Islamic Republic remain in place. On today's show, we'll talk about the legacy of sanctions and how they continue to impact the accessibility of online services in Iran. Later in the program, we'll speak to computer science PhD candidate Rishab Nithyanand about a study he recently conducted examining whether American tech companies like Google and Netflix block Iranian internet users from accessing their services. But first, headlines. The Supreme Council of Cyberspace held its 29th meeting with President Hassan Rouhani in attendance. At the meeting, the Council approved a measure requiring all messaging apps to move their servers to Iran within a year in order to continue operating. On May 25th, a hacker from Saudi Arabia appeared to deface the website of Iran's Statistical Center and Registration Office. The next day, a group calling itself the Iran Security Team retaliated by defacing the websites for Saudi Arabia's General Authority for Statistics and King Abdulaziz University. Relations between Saudi Arabia and Iran have become increasingly hostile in recent months following a series of diplomatic and political fights. Iran's cyber police chief Syed Kamal Haryanfar said that the recent cyber attacks on Iran's central government website originated in Saudi Arabia. He added that two attacks came from inside Iran, while the rest originated from abroad. He went on to mention that the hacker had no connections with the Saudi government. And that's it for news. Next up, we'll speak to computer science PhD candidate Rishab Nethyanand about how economic sanctions impact the behavior of American tech companies. To discuss this topic, I'm joined by Rishab Nithyanand. He's a PhD candidate in computer science at Stony Brook University. Rishab, welcome to FilterWatch. Thank you. So you led the technical research on a recent study of the accessibility of some popular internet services provided by American companies in Iran. I gather that this study aimed to look not only at government censorship, but also the impact of sanctions, i.e. whether or not American companies were restricting Iranians from accessing their services. So two questions to start with. First, is that accurate? Am I understanding that correctly? And second, could you give us a brief overview of this research? What question were you trying to answer and how did you go about doing it? Yep, uh, your understanding is correct. Basically, what we've done over the last few months, or actually about a year now, has been uh, build this framework called IC Lab, the Internet Censorship Lab. And the, the goal of the Internet Censorship Lab is just to be able to understand what content is blocked uh, around the world and how it actually is blocked. And so what we have built as a part of it is this uh, crawling framework, which allows us to visit uh, different sites using a traditional browser uh, in an automated way. And uh, it also records a whole bunch of metadata about the things that it observed while loading the web page. And so we use this crawler to uh, study a few websites in Iran. And, you know, some of the things that this crawler actually gathers uh, when it's loading a page is, you know, what the page actually looked like uh, when it was uh, fully loaded. It, all the requests and responses packets that were actually generated during the page load, just full packet captures itself. And so we pointed this crawler at a few websites and uh, we observed uh, the metadata that was recorded uh, to identify exactly which websites were blocked. And if they were blocked, you know, the packet captures actually told us about what was happening uh, and the screenshots confirmed it. And yeah, 
or looking at packet captures, we could also do further analysis to confirm, you know, whether the blocking was happening from the server side, which meant that the American companies were blocking Iranian IPs. And if it was happening on the client side, ISP side, we would know uh, because we would be able to tell from the metadata. So looking now at some of the findings, it appears that of the websites we tested, Google Developer, Android Developer, and Google Analytics were implementing server-side blocking. So first, could you explain what that means? And second, tell us, is there anything in these findings that surprised you? Yeah, so Google was uh, the only one that was consistently blocking server-side. And, you know, with Bitbucket, uh, Netflix, and Adobe, we saw blocking, but it was all ISP side, which meant that the Iranian government was blocking it, or Iranian ISPs were actually blocking it. Uh, it was a little surprising, actually, to see that Google was the only one that was implementing blocking of Iranian IPs, because I'm not a legal expert, uh, but for me it was kind of interesting, uh, because they're all American companies, and I... I don't understand how Google actually gives you a 403 while other companies are actually able to serve you content. Legally, I don't understand how it's possible for uh, a bunch of American companies to have uh, different policies if they're being forced to have these policies. Finally, I'd like to ask you to put these findings in context. What are the key takeaways from this research and what are the policy implications going forward? You know, one of the things that we found out from this uh, study that was particularly interesting to me was if you actually looked at uh, the sites that were being blocked uh, you know on the Iran side or you know by the ISPs what we noticed is so the way the study was done was that we had four machines on the ground uh, you know loading these pages for us and uh, what we observed was that blocking was not consistent uh, on the Iran side. Uh, so, you know, when server-side blocking was implemented by Google, it was consistent, meaning that all of the four machines that we test on the ground saw the same thing, uh, which was the 403 page, which basically means that, you know, this particular client is not authorized to access a page. But when we didn't see 403 blocking, we saw uh, ISP-side blocking, uh, it was not consistent. So the three sites that we saw uh, ISP-side blocking on were uh, Bitbucket, Netflix, and Adobe. And uh, what was interesting was that two of the machines were, were able to access uh, some of these sites and two of them were not. And also, in the particular case of uh, Bitbucket, we saw the blocking method used was injecting resets into the TCP stream, uh, which basically makes the client drop a connection. Uh, but with Netflix, we saw DNS uh, injection. And so what this tells us is that there's, at least on uh, the censorship side, uh, there's a very decentralized uh, implementation of censorship. And it's not consistent, which means that some people might get lucky with being able to access certain content and other people may not. And this this seems to be a little bit inconsistent of at least what I knew of Iranian censorship before, because as far as I, I, I knew you know, before the study, what I always assumed was true and I think has been uh, confirmed in studies in the past is that Iranian censorship is a very centralized uh, apparatus that's been in, implemented by the government and so the assumption is that it was fairly consistent. So to me that was the most interesting. That's fascinating. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. Rishab, thanks so much for speaking to me today. Thank you, Kyle. In our last segment, we'll look at a few interesting statements from Iranian politicians and ICT policymakers. In a press conference convened to provide a summary of the latest developments in the ICT sector, 
ICT Minister Mahmoud Vaizi noted that Telegram has been working closely with the ministry to block all groups flagged for objectionable content by the authorities. Vaizi continued to insist that the government would rather Iranians use domestic apps with data centers located in Iran. ICT Minister Mahmoud Vaizi said he would prefer to use Russian-made platforms such as Telegram over US or Israeli-made apps like Viber and WhatsApp. Ayatollah Hayeri Shirazi said the internet risks taking children to hell, but insisted that Iranians should instead use the internet to ensure their children go to heaven. He also stated that the internet was developed to separate parents from their children. And that does it for this episode of Filter Watch. You can download previous episodes as well as today's show on iTunes or SoundCloud. Remember to visit us online at smallmedia.org.uk and follow us on Twitter at small underscore media. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.